There are a lot of characters in Scripture that we identify with, that, that we wind up connecting ourselves to in some way or another, and, and generally it changes throughout our life. Uh, there are times in our lives where we certainly feel like David, and there's times in our life where we feel like Peter, and there's times in our lives for Mary and Martha and for all the characters, and certainly Paul is one of them. And the story of Saul's conversion is one of the stories in Scripture that rings into the heart of every person of faith. I remember as a child going to church with my grandparents in their little Baptist church in in southern Missouri. (laughs) Judy, that was for you. (laughs) In southern Missouri. And the Baptist preacher, Brother Miller, getting up in the pulpit and starting to preach on this text. And he began with asking, Where and when was your road to Damascus? The good Lutheran answer to that is, which one? Which time? The first time? The second time? The hundredth time? How many times has it been where the Lord finds us somewhere, on a road to some place, and calls us back? Generally, a road towards destruction, a road towards chaos, either for other people or for ourselves, or both, most likely. And the Lord calls out. There's something interesting about the way the resurrected Lord interacts with people. You'll notice that whenever He seems to appear to larger groups, most likely he uses a salutation that's peace be with you. Uh, in today's text, there was he started out by calling them children, which I'm sure they all loved to hear. But whenever he's speaking to a single person, he says their name. So think about there on the resurrection day, as Mary is in the garden of the tomb and she's looking for her Lord and he appears to her but she doesn't know who she is, what is it that calls to her mind who it is that she's actually speaking to? It's in hearing her name spoken where he looks at her and he says, Mary. And she replies, Rabboni, Rabbi. In hearing her name said by the resurrected Lord, Mary, she changes. Suddenly she goes from someone who is weeping at the loss of her Lord to someone who who can't stop clinging on to Him. She hangs on to Him, not to let Him go, to where He even says, basically, Mary, get off. (laughs) Think about the story of the reinstatement of Peter. The time where he finally is one-on-one with Peter. And he keeps asking him, do you love me? And replying, feed my sheep. You remember that story? Each of the questions begins with Simon, son of John. Simon, son of John. Simon, son of John. Simon, son of John. Feed my sheep. Today's story 
with a flash of lightning, bright light coming into his eyes, the words that Saul here are his name. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Most of my life, when I've read that text, I've always considered it that Jesus was yelling. Because that's exactly what I would be doing in that instance. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Wanting to kind of grab him by the shoulders and probably shake him at best. Maybe even do worse at that. But when putting it into the context of every other way the resurrected Lord interacts with his people, I realize that the naming of Saul, calling him out by name, is not for something to bring him completely down, but with the goal of bringing him to life. Saul. Saul. Why are you persecuting me? Saul. This seems like a simple point to make. But this point means everything to all of us. Because it means that our resurrected Lord knows your name. That our resurrected Lord knows who you are. That you are not some objective thought of His that is out there in the distance. That you are some person that's one among the crowd of many that's just Lamb of God. Or just a Lutheran Christian. But He knows you by name. And not just that He knows you by name. He knows the person next to you by name. He has called that person by name. That is why even in the Christian faith that we actually have the theology and we have the understanding and the backing to where we could look at anybody in this world, no matter who they are, and know that God actually cares about them. That they are actually a person, actually someone. We were talking with some friends and one of our friends has this very big passion about the homeless, and especially the homeless here in Seattle. And she was commenting about after riding the bus and getting off in the tunnels downtown that sometimes she actually has to stop and remember that the person that she walks by is actually a person. That it's worth stopping to turn and look them in the eye and say good morning to them. But in Christ, we know that that is exactly who they are. There is no doubt in our mind. Because even though that person feels absolutely lonely, completely abandoned by not just their family, but by all of society, there is still always someone who can look at them and know their name. There is someone who can always look at you and know your name. When I visit people in the nursing home, where where it seems like everybody has forgotten them and pushed them off into that place. One of the core messages to their heart is this, that God has not forgotten them. That the resurrected Lord has named them. As He has called to Peter, Simon, son of John, and as He said to Mary, Mary, and even to Saul, Saul, He says it to them as well. 
that even for all of us, in our naming, in hearing our name spoken at the baptismal font, we remember every day from that point forward, our name is spoken by the resurrected Lord. Every morning we wake up, we are born into a day where we are remembered and known by our God. And just like Saul on that road to Damascus, we are no longer remembered as a murderer. We are no longer remembered as the tyrants that we can be. We are no longer the ones who are known for our seething and breathing hatred into this world and the ones that are on the roads to destruction, but rather we are known as loved and as living. Because our God knows our name. He's called it. He's called your name. So Saul, hearing his name, hearing the law, why have you persecuted me, comes down with blindness. The very men that were with him are are just left there hearing the same voice, stood dumbfounded. Literally, it says in the Scriptures, speechless. Just like ourselves many times when God has called on to us, hearing the Word of God left speechless. being brought back into Damascus, sitting in the corner of the room, unable to eat, unable to even provide himself for that basic nourishment. Maybe it was a time of fasting. Maybe it was a time of extreme repentance. But the blindness fell off of his eyes like scales when these things were said to him. Brother Saul, Brother Saul, you have encountered the Christ. Stand up and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Brother Saul, Jesus knows you. Standing up, being baptized, the blindness fell off of his eyes like scales. Walking away from our baptism, the blindness of the world falls from our eyes like scales. The scars that have been put on our back by the slavery of sin disappear. The ghosts of the anxiety, the loneliness, the times where we thought that we were forgotten by everybody and everything have been shooed away. And we remember that our God has called us by name. So that no longer are we known as murderers that we can be, people who refuse to love. No longer are we remembered as ones who have, who have pushed away everybody that we can possibly push away that, that causes any sort of problem or infringement on myself. 
not known as people who are, are prone to be liars, not known as people who can be the pornographers, not known as people who can struggle with our addictions, not known as people who, even though we sit next to somebody in the pew, refuse to look them in the eye. We are known instead as people who are loved and living. We are known by our names and we are known by our God. How often can we forget that this is what this is about? Leaving from here that many times is the last thing we think about. Getting hung up on whether or not the service is what we wanted, whether or not our church is what we want it to be, whether or not the people in our lives are meeting our own expectations. And every time we wind up forgetting this, But every time on that same road of destruction that we are planting in our lives, God calls us back. He says your name. There's a part that was left out of our text that we read. It ends with with Paul getting up and being baptized and, and finally eating, and it says Paul grew in strength with the nourishment of the food and and nourishment of the word, no doubt. But from there, if you look in the next few verses, it talks about Saul going on and going out into the synagogues and going out into the place and proclaiming something. Proclaiming that Jesus Christ is Lord. That the one who called him by name is God. That all those things of the past were gone and all were no more. But now, looking to the future, he knew what his future is, and that is Jesus. He knew where his salvation and his hope was placed, and that is Jesus. That in knowing that he is someone who has been loved and been brought to actual life, standing up and letting the scales fall from his eyes, that now he is to live a life in worship, proclaiming the name of his God. Making that known as who he is, is someone who is in Christ. And from there, he goes on to search out the other believers, not for punishment, not for destruction as before, but to live life with them. So much so that he had to sneak out of the city because they wanted him dead for his transformation. And going into Jerusalem, seeking out the apostles and the believers. Because for us who have been called by name, ones who have been brought to life and reminded of the love that God has for us, the words on our mouth are His name now. His name. Our life is in His name. Our words are His name. So we go on like Saul, leaving this place, being given full sight, being called by name, and calling out His name in return. Amen? Amen. Amen.